Today, we continue our look at the top prospects in the Islanders organization with William DeFour, and we answer more of your questions in our weekly mailbag. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, like the ones we're answering today, a comment on something we said or a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the happenings surrounding your New York Islanders throughout a busy off-season. We've got it covered. The draft, free agency, trade rumors, you name it, we're going to cover it between now and the start of training camp if it concerns the New York Islanders. So we've been going through the prospect list uh, on the Islanders, and uh, I hope you had a chance to listen or watch yesterday's episode when we talked about Aturate. Today, William Dufour is the focus of our uh, discussion, and I'll tell you, Dufour, looking more and more like... Uh, a bona fide prospect. Now, the Hockey News ranked him second among Islanders' prospects, and he really seems to be coming into his own. He was, as we mentioned a week ago, uh, voted the MVP of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and in 66 games, he had 56 goals and 116 points, and he was a plus 52 for the St. John Sea Dogs this past year. And at six foot three, two hundred and five pounds, Dufour, the native of Quebec in uh, Quebec province, really uh, playing outstanding hockey. And the thing is now this this year was the third consecutive season that Dufour be uh, beat the one-point-per-game mark. And there's a lot to like about William Dufour. 
Obviously, his ability to put the puck in the net, 56 goals in 66 games, has to be considered impressive, and it, it is impressive. You gotta love the fact that in addition to scoring goals, he's getting almost an assist per game as well, and that bodes well. And the other thing is, when you look at his scouting reports and you watch him play, this kid doesn't just sit around and cherry pick and wait for the puck to come to him in the offensive zone. He will back check. He will play well in his own end. And, you know, that is a definite necessity if you're going to be playing for the Islanders organization and Lou Lamorello. And, you know, the thing about Dufour, uh, he can also play a, a checking role and a physical kind of a game if you want to. Now, drafted in the fifth round back in 2020, originally projected as more of a bottom six forward, although 56 goals in 66 games makes you think maybe, just maybe, there's more to his game than that. And... You know, he does have uh, that aggressive forecheck and a good shot. So, you know, maybe he can be more than what was originally projected. But you got to keep one thing in mind. Scoring in the Quebec Junior League is a little bit higher than it is in some of the other junior leagues across Canada. So... You know, 56 goals and 116 points in the Quebec League is, you know, not the same as if you had those numbers in one of the other junior leagues in Canada. Uh, not to discard it or to say it isn't important, because it is, but overall, uh, you know, here is a kid who really seems to be developing his offensive game and taking it to another level. And, look, everybody was affected by the COVID shutdowns in 2019-20 and 2020-21. The fact that he got to play a full 66 games this year as opposed to 51 with uh, 23 in 2020-2021 and with 59 in 2019-2020, that tells you something. One little concern about Dufour, though. Uh, he has now played in juniors for three years. And he's already been on three different teams. He had two different teams in 2018-2019. Two different teams in 2019-2020. And then uh, a different team in each of the last two years. So... You know, three teams, three different teams, or make it, excuse me, four teams in three years. You know, that's a little bit of, of, of a concern, but at least he stayed with St. John and appeared to be developing more uh, this year. So what is the situation? I would say, much like Atu Ratu, DeFore is probably another year away that... He probably starts this coming season in Bridgeport, plays a year in the AHL, and if he does well, 2024-2025, he should be an Islander, maybe 
the year before that, 2023-2024, but he's only 20 years old. Turned 20 in January, so... And, and the other thing you got to keep in mind, a big guy, a guy who's 6'3", 205 pounds, those big physical players usually take a little bit longer to adjust to life in the NHL as compared to juniors. Why? Because when you're 6'3", 205, and you're playing against 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, you can be physically dominant without having to put in a lot of effort. But when you're going up against grown men, experienced men, men who have a higher skill level than the junior players, you're talking about a whole different situation where you can't just get by on your size. You've got to have your skills. You've got to be positionally sound. Technically, you've got to be in the right place, and you've got to you know, do things the right way. So that adjustment takes a little bit longer for these big guys who very often just relied on their sheer physical size and ability to dominate in juniors. But I think Dufour, again, a year or two away from the island and his stature within the organization continues to grow and that is a good thing. We have got more to discuss on today's show. When we come back, we've got a couple of more email questions from you, the listener, to discuss. And uh, some good ones, I might say. So we got that, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NHL draft, Major League Baseball games, and more. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, let's discuss some of your questions Uh, This one is from Thomas, and Thomas did not say where he was from, but he writes, Hi, I'm Tommy. I enjoy listening to your podcast. I like Zach Parise and Kyle Palmieri a lot. I think they bring great wisdom, and they do grind. Would you be able to talk about their roles next season? Also, maybe discuss why it's important to have both veteran and young players. Thank you. Be safe. And let's go Islanders. Well, Tommy, first of all, thank you for the email and for the kind words and for the questions. So you're right about Palmieri and Parise, that they will grind, that they are gritty players, especially at this stage in his career, Zach Parise. But one thing nobody is ever going to say about Parise and Palmieri is that they don't hustle, that they don't care, that they don't give you everything they've got on a game-in and game-out basis. I think their roles next season, for Parise, I think it's pretty straightforward. He's going to be on the third line, 
and probably have a very similar role to what he had this year. Do some grinding on the third line, see some action probably on the second power play unit, occasionally help kill a penalty or two, and to provide leadership and intangibles. Palmieri is more of a wild card, and it depends, in my mind, a lot on what moves that Lou Lamorello makes during this offseason. And Lou Lamorello has said, hey, we're going to bring in some scorers. We need to get more offense. But how does he acquire that offense, and who does he acquire? Is it a trade? In which case, players like maybe even Kyle Palmieri could be part of that trade. Or does he sign a free agent? And then what are the cap ramifications of that? Then you may have to make a trade, depending on how much money you spend on the free agent, in order to, you know, free up some cap space. Again, if the Islanders add that flashy goal scorer, I think Palmieri goes down to either the second or possibly even the third line. And I could envision a possible third line of Pajot, Parise, and Palmieri. Josh Bailey may figure into that. Again, Bailey, another player who may be traded in order to acquire that goal scorer or that puck-moving defenseman. So I I think with Parise, it's pretty safe to say he'll be a third-line player again, hopefully get you the 15 or so goals, the 35, 40 points, and give you the leadership. Palmieri, probably a second-line guy, possibly a third-line guy, but it'll depend on the moves that Lou Lamorello makes during the offseason. Now, the other thing you ask, why it's important to have both veteran and young players. You always want to strive for that balance. Uh, You want to have veteran players who have experience, who have been there and done that, who can help give guidance and leadership to some of the younger players, And you want to have guys who are younger, a little bit more energetic, uh, less prone to injury, which veterans can be more prone to. Uh, And, you know, by having both veterans, there's sort of three groups of players in my mind. You have the veterans who are older and maybe a little past their prime, like a Zach Parise or a Zdeno Chara. You have the guys who are in their prime, more like uh, an Anders Lee or a Matthew Barzal. And then you have the guys who are still developing and up and coming, and you don't know if they'll ever reach their full potential. Guys like an Oliver Wallstrom or a Kiefer Bellows. And you want to have players, a good number of players, in all three categories. Because that way you have the very experienced guys who are going to not maybe do as much physically, but will give you those intangibles. You have the guys in their prime who are going to do most of the lifting and the guys who are up and coming who are going to gain experience and develop hopefully into better full-time players. And that way, you know, if all of your team gets old at once, and this was a lot more common before the salary cap era, You know, think about the Islanders' dynasty years. After the dynasty years, Bill Torrey was quoted, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, 
that the one mistake he made was perhaps he was a little too loyal to the guys who won those Stanley Cups with him and kept them a little bit longer than he should have. And as a result, the Islanders got old and they stopped winning. Too many guys on that roster kind of all got old at once. You don't want to have that happen. So you want to have that mix. Now, uh, thanks, Tommy, for the email. Greatly appreciated. This next one is Ken in Minnesota. Hey, Gil. Um, This might be a little belated because I was on vacation recently. I agree with you as far as uh, Bo needing to be traded. I believe he would benefit from a change of scenery, but I am leery of packaging Atu Ratu in a trade as he is touted as a draft day steal by Lou Lamorello. I would like to see what he could do in a full year in North America. I would hate to see him become an offensive force on another team without us even getting a real look at him. On another note, I've been reading a lot about a few free agent defensemen who are available. Oliver Killington on Calgary and Tyson Barry on Edmonton. What do you think? Ken in Minnesota. Ken, thanks again for the email. Always great to hear from you. Uh, I don't want to see them trade Atu Ratu either. But the question becomes, how close to being a true cup contender do you believe this team is? And you got some older guys on this team. Your Baileys, your uh, Anders Lee, your Brock Nelson, your Kyle Palmieri, guys who are all 30, 31. Some of those guys may be even a little older. If you really think that this Islanders team, with the addition of a star offensive player, could get back to the conference final or the cup final with just a couple of additions and... You know, you're going to get a a 35-goal scorer who's not old yet, who's in his, like, mid-20s, late-20s, and is really going to make a difference for this team offensively. That would really be the only reason or way I would trade Atu. I, I don't think they should unless they are getting something that is blue chip, all-star, bonafide, offensive star material who's going to help the team right away and be under contract for a long time. And you believe that the Islanders are oh so close to being able to, to go to the next level and sort of take it from there and, and, and become true contenders. Other than that, I wouldn't do it. Now... As to the second part of your question, Oliver Killington of Calgary, uh, 25 years old, native of Sweden, and, you know, average height, 6 foot, 183, left-handed shot, 31 points in 73 games last season. That is, for his NHL career, a high And this year was his first real full season in the NHL. Nine goals, 31 points, not bad at all. He probably wouldn't be overly expensive, and his best hockey is ahead of him. The question again becomes, what would it cost to bring him in? But I think there is definitely something there uh, as far as him adding skill as a puck-moving defenseman that would be 
a little less expensive than some of the other options. As for Tyson Barry, he's 30 and will be 31 next month in July. A little bit more of a veteran, but a little bit more uh, of an offensive track record. The cap hit basically four and a half million dollars and he's under contract through the 2023-2024 season this past year 73 games seven goals 41 points a goal and five points in 16 playoff games for edmonton keep in mind though yes he had uh 41 points in 73 games last year the year before 48 points in 56 games uh He is the kind of player who can give you more offensively, but he is older. He is more expensive uh, than Oliver Killington. And the other thing is that uh, he's a little, little more hot and cold. And those numbers, playing on an Edmonton Oilers team with so many gifted players... Uh, may inflate his totals because he had, you know, let, let's say he's capable of a 50, 55-point season easily with Edmonton or previously with the Colorado Avalanche. He played for Toronto in 2019-2020, 40 points, 39 points in 70 games. He, he is a 40-50-point to 50 point guy at this stage in his career, I would say. And if you can get him, I think he would be a nice pickup. The question again, what does it cost to bring him in? What do you have to give up to get him? But definitely somebody the Islanders should consider. We've got more to come up to on today's show. Our Islanders birthday of the day, a goaltender who played on some of the Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams. We've got that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we want to wish a very happy 62nd birthday to former Islanders goalie Roly Melanson. Roly the goalie, originally drafted by the Islanders in the third round in 1979, made his Islanders debut in 1980-81, and remained with the Islanders through the 84-85 season, so he was on three of the Islanders' four Stanley Cup-winning teams. Basically, took over as the backup to Billy Smith after Chico Resch was traded to the Colorado Rockies. Uh, 5'10", 180, but quick and uh, a very reliable goalie. Stayed with the Islanders for those uh, five seasons, then went on to the Minnesota North Stars, L.A. Kings, and the Devils before closing out his career in 91-92 with the Canadiens. Spent a couple of seasons in the minors before hanging it all up. Went on to be a a, a goalie coach uh, with a number of different teams, Vancouver and New Jersey. Was an assistant with the Canadiens for a while. So Roley the goalie stayed active in hockey even after hanging him up. Played in 291 NHL games. A 3.63 goals against average and an 8.83 save percentage for his career. But if you think about it, he played in the 80s when there was a lot more goal scoring. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. February 19th, 1983 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. 
Islanders and the Canadiens. Rick Wamsley, the goalie for the Habs. Obviously, Roly, the goalie, in net for the Isles. And it was the late, great Mike Bossy getting the Islanders on the board. Duck Wickenheiser off for holding Islanders power play. Bossy is 41st from Dennis Potvin and Clark Gillies at 15.02. one nothing Islanders after one. In the second period, Bob Bourne, his 16th from Dennis Potvin and our Islanders birthday of the day, Roland Melanson. He had an assist in this game. The time of the goal, 5-12, Islanders. 15 seconds later, Bob Nystrom makes it 3-0 Isles. His eighth, Butch Goring the assist. Don't know if that goal went to the toy department, but after 40 minutes, 3-0 Isles. In the third, the Islanders extend their lead. Brent Sutter is 13th from Stefan Pearson and Greg Gilbert at 624. And then Bob Bourne is 17th from John Tonelli and Mats Halin at 903. The Islanders down the Canadiens 5 to nothing. And a 30-save shutout for Roland Melanson. Of course, he also had the assist. And amazingly enough, that was the only shutout of Roly Melanson's Islanders career. He had six shutouts during his time in the NHL. Roly the goalie, 62 years old today. And we wish him a very happy birthday. Many happy and healthy more. Roly Melanson is our Islanders' birthday of the day. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islanders!